Hello and welcome to the latest Clear Cruise podcast, where I'm joined by three cruise experts, I think I'll describe them. I won't describe them as veterans or anything like that, but um, we have three people with extensive knowledge of the cruise sector. Uh, so we're joined by Peter Shanks, who's the MD for Silversea, um, Edwina Lonsdale, the MD for Monday Cruising, and our cruise journalist, our resident cruise journalist, Sarah Macefield. Uh, thank you all for joining. Um, it, it's obviously difficult to start any conversation about cruise or actually about anything without re referencing the last six months. So I, I wondered if you could give me a picture of what the last six months have been like for you um, and, and some of the changes that you've been going through of those six months. So Edwina, why don't we start with you? Okay, so actually it's quite hard to remember isn't it what it was like at the beginning of the year when first of all we were seeing those problems in asia that we thought oh this is difficult we better hold back on our asia marketing for next year because oh nobody all wants to go to asia but but we just couldn't possibly have foreseen what was going to happen and even in march when we went into lockdown um we just didn't have a clue i mean i would i was I was saying we'll be back to normal by July, we'll be cruising again in September. So we only have to hold out that short period of time. And actually just as well, because had we known, uh, of course, at the time, I personally would have panicked. Whereas as it is, slowly, slowly get used to the idea that it's going to be a little bit worse than I anticipated. But, you know, we've made our, our plans properly. And actually, it, since... April it's been quite exciting in some ways I know that's ridiculous but uh, thinking through okay how are we going to go to market what we're we going to talk about how is our message going to change and actually since the beginning of May business has really been picking up I mean you know it's it's sort of desperate but it's very encouraging to see in fact in June we were 60% ahead of June last year in terms of written business. I know that doesn't mean, <laughs> Ooh, but uh, it was, it's very encouraging, very encouraging. Peter, what about you from, a, from an operator's perspective, but, but also from your experience of the last six months? Silversea, so, so like many cruise lines, went into, if you go back to January, February, we were in the best shape we've ever been. The year was going to be spectacular we were better sold at higher prices the industry was booming record order books and of course here we are today but for, for me the past few months have been about leadership and doing my best to look after our team here in london because you know many of them are youngsters many of them are living at home working around the kitchen table taking very difficult calls from either guests or travel agents so i've focus very much on our daily calls with my team and then they've been having calls with their teams. Although they've recently convinced me to go down to three days a week on the call. So they've clearly had, had enough of me. <laughs> or, or we're settling into the new routine. Um, but life has changed day to day. It's not really been about marketing and investment and new bookings. It's been about cancellations, refunds, voyage to voyage changes, looking after travel agents. Communication has been key. We've done our best to, to talk to our travel agents personally or through videos, Zooms. And there are certainly green shoots out there. The, the challenge is we all want to get going again. Sarah wants to write about it. Edwina is one of our top um, partners, wants to encourage her guests to travel. But the time isn't just quite right yet. So we're itching to get out there. 
And we know that in the next three, four, five, six months, things will start to really turn around. And we all know that in three to five years' time, we'll be talking about an incredibly successful and booming cruise industry. So we're in a time where we're all a bit frustrated and impatient because we want to get going. And working with you, Andy, who you've been doing with Clear, and I'm involved in that with you, a tremendous job behind the scenes with government bodies to start to get ready. And we know it's going to be okay. But we're just in that period now that until it is, we can't really go out and, and really be incredibly positive. But there are definitely green shoots. June was terrific for us for 2021. And we're still in a positive position for 2021 compared to last year, and particularly for the second half of the year, where people are expecting things to really keep getting back to normal. But it's been really hard work. It's been weird. I, I have done over a thousand miles on my bicycle, been out every night. And actually, it's been terrific for people to get out and see nature and go for walks and do different things and be with their families. And, and there's a bit of bit of reticence to go back to work, actually, a bit of reticence to go back to the office because we've all got used to working from home. And so in some ways, there's been some upsides of right. people spending personal time together where they can. But it's been, it's been, um, it's been hard work. Yeah, for sure. And Sarah, I guess your office is normally a cruise ship somewhere in the world uh, in terms of some of the trips that you've taken. So how's the, how's the last six months been for you? Well, yes, it is indeed. And it's been a very odd time to be sort of shipwrecked in a way in my office at home in Kent. Um, but of course, I started the year with two cruises in Asia, which just seems incredible to me now. I was on Celebrity um, on a cruise that was actually went into Hong Kong where I left the ship, which was around the time Diamond Princess was there. Um, and again, everyone was in the masks. I filed stories for the Telegraph and others about what it was like with this new virus, never thinking for a moment of the devastation it would wreak on the industry and our own society. Um, I was back from that. that, that was about a 10 day trip. I was back for about a week and then I was off to India. And I remember being a little bit worried because countries were starting to close their borders and bring in restrictions for anyone who'd been to China. And I remember thinking, will I get in? I've just flown back from Hong Kong. And sure enough, I, luckily I was able to do that. Um, but I think a week later, it probably wouldn't have happened. And since then, it's just been an incredible time. Um, as a journalist, I must say on a story basis, it's been incredible in terms of the type of things we're writing about reporting but it's also been incredibly frustrating to see bad journalism out there to see some of the mis you know the ill-informed pieces the the really sort of the army of some journalists or some writers who have an agenda who have used this as an excuse to really lay into crews um with you know incorrect facts um springing to conclusions and and there's certainly a lot myself and a lot of the cruise writers have taken issue with some of those on social media because some of the some of the errors some of the you know wild claims have just been it's made me embarrassed to be a journalist sometimes because i just think i would be ashamed to write a piece that was so incorrect and so ill-informed and so yes it's continued i mean unprecedented has been an overused word but it really does sum up what's happened i mean i never thought i'd see a time um, when virtually the world's 
cruising fleet was was basically laid up, mothballed. Um, and the um, recommencing of cruising, the deadline just seems to keep being pushed back at the moment. Obviously, Princess's announcement last night with most of its cruises now pushed back until December, most December start date. But, you know, as, as the others that, you know, have mentioned, yes, there are green shoots of recovery. Thank goodness. River cruising, some of the small ship operators. Um, you know, this week has been a mixed week. We had the sad news about CMV on Monday, which I just think is such a shame. It was a good product for its, for its particular market. But then, what, 24 hours later, um, we have the, you know, resurrection of Swan Hellenic. So, in a way, I think it shows the resilience. Again, I know it's a very much used word, but I think it shows the resilience of cruising, where you get knocked back on one side, but then something else springs up. So, there is hope for the future, definitely. But and you're, you're, you're yeah, so right, Sarah, that we've been, been singled out. We, we talk about, gosh, isn't it terrible that the cruise ships are all laid up? Well, all the British Airways fleet is parked all over the UK laid up. Yeah. But I think there's been an unfair, unfair, we've taken our unfair share of things. Maybe that's because in the past we've been very forward at talking about how innovative our industry is. We put ourselves in, in, in spotlight. But we're not alone. I was on a train this morning. I was the only person in the carriage. So... It's, it's not only crews that's struggling at the moment. And even I get the sense that uh, even though the borders were open to Spain, I, I, I'm not really hearing that many people are actually booking to go away to Spain this summer. So the good news is we're not alone. And, and other, other modes of transport will get going again in the next few months, be it airports, be it um, border crossings, be it aircraft. And, and by the time we come back with our innovative approach, and it will be an innovative approach, I think we'll be in very good shape because we'll be, we'll be, we're taking our time and, and people will be more confident about traveling. And then the cruise industry will do what we've always done, which have been incredibly strong protocols. Mm. Well, I think the cruise industry... I'm absolutely loving the fact, actually, although there's a lot of uh, uh, negative comments about it, I'm absolutely loving the fact that the cruise industry is taking its time. Because here we are, we read in the paper every day, the government's decided this, we're going to do that, we're U-turning here, we're... We're going in a diametrically opposite direction from what we said two days ago. Nobody's clear on the rules. Mm -hmm. How fantastic would it be if the governments of the world, and I'm not saying this is a UK-specific thing, if the governments of the world were taking the sort of measured approach that the cruise lines are taking at the moment in terms of proper informed advice from across the board, the humility to listen to people, the sense to say, no, I'm going to wait. We're all going to wait until we really know what we're, what we're about. Mm -hmm. And given that we're starting from a platform that is so much higher than any other part of the hospitality industry, um, I, I just think it's going, to be, it's going to be really special. And if people stop and think about what it is that the cruise lines are doing rather than saying, oh, the cruise lines haven't said yet, you know, it's a good thing. It's positive. Yeah. Let's let's really applaud that. Um, Sarah, you, you spoke about resilience. So, so Edwina, from a resilience perspective, and the people who are booking cruises for for the coming months and year or so, um, are they mainly past guests who understand the cruise proposition? Yeah, I think that's true, and I think that's that's going to be the case over well initially because. Um, those those um, 
cruise deniers, if you like, they're never going to come now. They're going to say, oh, we were, we were proved right. We'll never do that. But I think as, as we go forward and the message goes out, then people will begin to look a little bit more closely at the cruise industry and say, yeah, do you know, I'm, I think I'm going to be safer on a ship than in this hotel where I, I don't know sort of all the ins and outs. The, I don't understand where all the moving parts are fitting in. But at the moment, yes, what we're getting is past passengers desperate to get back, understanding uh, how the cruise lines work and therefore having confidence that whenever they're ready to go back, then they will have put everything in place that they need to put in place. And in fact, we did a survey a couple of weeks ago to our, to our whole list, uh, some of which are cruisers, some of which not, and only just over 2% said they would never cruise again. Um, so the rest were showing, although uh, obviously a bigger number from 2021 onwards, but the rest were showing very bullish approach to, yeah, we can't wait to get back on board. And you're, you're absolutely right, Edwina. And a couple of things haven't changed, of course. One is the Mediterranean is still as beautiful as it ever was. Um, you know, Northern Europe and, and St. Petersburg are still just as interesting as it ever was. So is Alaska. So is Australia. So destinations are still as beautiful as ever. In fact, they're probably slightly more beautiful because they haven't had as much environmental damage going on for a few months. The other thing that hasn't changed is that people say, well, if I do want to go to Antarctica or Galapagos or Alaska, well, going on a ship is the best way to do it. So that will still attract first timers. And you're right that the, uh, our Venetian society, the loyal guests, are the first to come back and they'll be our advocates, they'll be our heroes, they'll welcome us back, they're yearning to sail again and they know how it works. But, but, but about 40% of our business at the moment is still first-timers. So it's still out there, but it's, it's right that the first people back will be our regular cruisers because they're the ones who understand how, how the cruise industry works. It's quite interesting how people comment, oh, gosh, I went to the pub and they had this thing where you wash your hands. Well, the cruise have had dispensers outside every restaurant and bar for at least 10 years now. You know, so it's a bit tough when we get accused of, of not really being focused on it when we've been head and shoulders mm. better at health and safety. Now, of course, we've had a really tough few months, but it'll definitely come back and it will be those advocates, those um, regular crews. And people like Sarah, who is one of the greatest advocates of writing about our industry, those advocacy people will come back and they'll be the ones who really help bring, bring the industry back. I'm, I'm really sure about that. Um, I, I just, just wanted, I'm keen to finish the discussion about where we are at the moment and those views before we move on to 2021. So, but, but Sarah, do you get a view of what 2020 will look like? You've mentioned that some operators are restarting limited operations, but is there more to come? Well, I think at the moment the recovery is being led by um, river cruise companies and, and small ships, small boat companies. Um, you know, you've got these tiny little specialists in, in, in sort of, I don't know, Scotland. I saw Majestic Line, a tiny liner going to do some sailings. Um, obviously, you've got some of the smaller, smaller companies in Europe. But certainly European river cruising, you've already had Nico cruises. Um, you're getting, um, in terms of Ocean Pendant, I think, have started as well. And it tends to be the sort of country concentrated destinations. Um, mainstream cruising, oh, I don't know. It just all seems to be being put back really I mean we'll look for September I mean following Princess's announcement I, I wonder if any more of the big lines will follow there but obviously you know you, you have got some other 
as I said, some companies that, that have announced that they are restarting, but they do tend to be the smaller, the smaller ship companies. So I think those are leading the way at the moment in terms of mainstream cruising. Do you know, I was talking to someone back in about March or April and he said, oh, cruising, that's the season's gone for 2020. And I thought, no, no, it will be back. But I am sort of, as far as the bigger ships, I am sort of thinking that really um, at the moment, um, as I said, and particularly following Princess's announcement last night. But, you know, I think it's, it's looking positive, as I said, for the developments that there have been. We're seeing green shoots of recovery, which is very heartening. Um, people, um, you know, releasing their programs. Um, you know, the, the, the feedback we're getting about strong sales for 21, 22. So I think, unfortunately, 2020, it should have been a banner year. There should have been three ship launches in Southampton in pretty much consecutive months. There was going to be a lot of groundbreaking things happening. We just all got to put that to one side and move on. 2020, forget it. Let's look forward now. I think 21, really. But, but so still a lot of uncertainty about 2020 and um, we're still, there are still some cruises scheduled, of course, for the year and we will wait and see what happens. I, I think one of the things... I've learned that we've probably learned as an industry is that things move fairly quickly and things change fairly quickly and on a fairly <laughs> frequent basis with increase, yeah. but also more generally with the pandemic and the countries and the travel advice, etc. So, so we will wait and see. But let's talk about 2021. Um, what, what's, it, what's it going to be like as a, as a cruising year? We, Edwina, why don't we start with you? Um. I think it'll be good. I think Q1 will still be challenging. I think the big challenge is the Americans not getting to grips with the virus uh, because any cruise line that's, that's largely dependent or even 50% dependent on the American market, if the Americans can't travel, then you know, you're going to think twice about where you're going to, to restart operations. That, that's a challenge. That's, we, we, we can't argue with that. So uh, given their record so far, we sort of worry a little bit about that. Maybe that will begin to change now that Trump has actually come out and admitted that they have a problem. Um, so one that they need to really address. So there's there's the challenge. And I think that will mean that Q1 2021 will be hard for planning. Um, and the likelihood is that the cruise lines will come back gradually they're not going to suddenly say okay we're back on sale all our ships are operating um it, it's just not feasible it's not feasible from that point of view it's not feasible from an operational point of view they've got to get the crew back they've got to provision it's like doing a million startups at once it's just it's too much for any any company to deal with and so much the better really because what that's going to do is ensure that we don't have to cope with this huge level of discounting that we've seen in recessions in the past. In fact, I think quite the opposite. It will be the opportunity for the cruise lines to actually begin to charge a price that reflects the, the value that people are getting. And people will be more prepared to pay that. You know, they will, they will focus on quality rather than quantity. They won't be sort of rushing off to do this, that and the other little trip here, there and everywhere. They'll think seriously about what they're going to do. So I think from a cruise point of view, what we'll see is people buying longer cruises. Our survey, we expected to see a very high focus on close to home, XUK. Obviously there's an interest in that, but actually our survey said, no, we're still quite happy to travel long haul. 
maybe there'll be a little bit more focus on non-stop flights you know places gateways that you can get to easily but then they're going to really make the most of it um and uh, maybe go for, for longer and more special trips so it's a real um time to do those iconic trips if there's nothing like realizing that you can't just travel anytime you like willy-nilly that uh, makes you think actually there are things i really need to do and that's what we're going to say as peter was saying earlier antarctica galapagos you know there are places that people have got on their list they really want to do and now's the time peter how about 2021 how does it look for you I think in terms of um, people sailing, I think the Med in Northern Europe would be pretty good because of course, think about our all mindsets of life in general, you know, schools are going back in September. We will have a vaccine, I'm pretty confident, at some point in 2021, which will make a complete shift in how people feel about this. So I think, I think Mediterranean and Northern Europe sailings will be reasonably good. There's a lot of talk about closer to home sailing, but as much as we love the UK, it doesn't give you the most beautiful uh, holiday when you compare it to sailing in Southern Italy, for example. So to me, closer to home is more about Northern Europe and Mediterranean and somewhere that you can either fly or sail to quite easily. But I think 2021 will be a very good booking year. So for travel agent partners, I think there'll be a stronger recovery in bookings for future than there may be in sailings during the year. And, and we're, we're, we'll be out with our 2022 programme in a few months time. So I think people will really have quite a strong year of booking cruises for the second half of 21, but more so for winter 21, 22, 22. And then to Edwina's point, people do tend to book the iconic bucket list type holidays further out. So what better than to say that I'm gonna get through this and I'm gonna to go to Antarctica, where you know penguins so far as I know are totally into social distancing and there should be no risk to us. But there will be a slight move for people wanting to go to nowhere, you know, to, to really to the ends of the earth and experience nature and wildlife and, and not many people. And so I think there'll be a, 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 a quite a strong demand for the further away iconic trips. But I think 21 will just be a year that gets better and better as we go through it. But from a travel agent perspective, it should be quite a good booking year for those that do want to travel in 21, but more so for people who want to travel again in the future. Uh, and and just, a, slightly it'll just a slightly worrying comment, Peter, from a travel agent's perspective, because as you know, we don't earn, same as you, we don't earn until you travel. So you need to just hang in there and uh, not expect. Yes, yes. Yes, so it'll phase back, Edwina, right? I'm not bold enough to say 21 is going to be fantastic. No. 21 right. will definitely phase back, but you know, people, I think, talking, putting it in a, in a guest perspective. I mean, I don't know about all of you, but I could, I'd love to go on holiday at the moment. And I haven't got anywhere to go. You know, sitting in front of a Zoom screen for so long, and none of us have used up our holiday entitlement yet. And we want to go somewhere, but we're not sure, certain about, well, what happens when I get there? Will the spa be open? Will the beach be open? Will I have to wear a mask? There's a lot of pent up demand to get out there and go somewhere. And we'll all be feeling so much better, touch wood, come January, February, March, that I think we will get away in summer. So, so, so it sounds like 20, 2020 is still slightly uncertain. We'll wait and see what happens. 2021, a better year than this year, of course, um, but a phased return to service for many cruise lines and for many ships. Um, I love the idea of socially distanced penguins, by the way, Peter. I think that's, a, that's given me a great image in my mind. 
Um, you're, you're quite right about people wanting to travel. Um, I very much also want to travel. So, so let's just ask you very quickly where, which cruise or de cruise destination you would like to take next, um, even if it's not currently sailing. Well, what, what, what is what is top of your list, Sarah? Why don't we start with you? Oh, top. Well, it's probably a more difficult one. I remember writing about this. Um, I should have been away last um, earlier this month um, on a cruise down in Bali, um, flying by Singapore, and then and then and then so yes, and then flying down to Bali and cruising around the islands there, Komodo, etc. So I would really like to resurrect that, but I think that will not be my first trip because I think it's going to be a bit more difficult to arrange. Um, to be honest, I would just like to get on a ship anywhere, really. Um, I'm hoping to try and get something arranged in September, maybe. But yes, really, just the thought of being on a ship, of sailing away. Sometimes when you see some of the videos that have popped up on Twitter or wherever, and, um, and actually, uh, you know, sometimes when I've been in some Zoom press conferences, there was one um, line that had already started sailing off Norway. Um, and it just, you just think, wow, this is what we're missing at the moment. The scenery is stunning. As Peter said, the destinations are still there. It looks fantastic. And it's sort of, why aren't we there? Why aren't we on a ship appreciating it? It's, um, yeah. Peter, what about you? I'll jump on any of our ships when, when we start sailing, just to see how it is and support the crew and be there and mingle with our guests. But I still yearn to go to Antarctica, I have to say. It's the, it's the one destination um, that uh, I'd, I'd love to go to. So at some point in the future, I'd like to do that. But short term, I'll jump on as many ships as I have to, to be one of those people installing, instilling uh, confidence. That's very good of you, Peter. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, try and, I'll try and get Sarah, Sarah, Edwina and yourself along with me. to. to, no, to right. You'll have the next podcast from Silver Whisper. <laughs> live, live from Silver Whisper sounds like a good idea. Edwina, what about you? Oh, I'm, I too have Antarctica on my list, but uh, it's a long trip. I would like to make the most of it. I'd want to include South Georgia, so... I don't think that's going to happen at the moment because, you know, we're busy, busy, and we need to stay busy. Top of the list always for me is the Med. I just love the Med. Um, Greek islands, how sad would that be to be there now? The Italian Riviera, Adriatic. Oh, yeah, the Med is fine. We are so lucky that we've got the best cruise destination in the world, right? And I'd also. Yeah, quite agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, we look forward to, to sailing, whether it's us four sailing together or whether we do it separately or not. We will wait and see. Uh, but Peter, Edwina, Sarah, thank you so much for your time. And uh, we'll catch up with you all again soon. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, Andy.